What is up, everyone? After a short break, uh, about an eight-week hiatus, we are back and ready to rip and roll. And we have top ten lists of post-2000 horror movies. So that means from 2000 to current day, our top ten movies from after 2000. 2000 and after, you're getting top ten lists from myself, from Eric Scott Tyler, from Brian C. Tyler, and from... Chongo Sean Henderson. Boys, say hello. Say what up. Hello, everybody. What up? How we doing? How we doing? Now that we're all here and all the calls are merged and we're uh, we're rip-roaring and ready to go, now uh, these are going to be interesting lists. How do we want to go about knocking these lists down? Do we want to Do we want to let each person say their uh say their top 10 or do we want to do do we want to do round robin or do we want to have 10 through 5 everyone go around say their 10 through 5 and then do round robin from 5 to 1 may i give my opinion that's what i'm that's what i'm fishing for here <laughs> yeah um i liked it that one time that like I would say my number ten, and then the next person would say theirs, and I think that's what you meant by round robin. Yes, I I think I, think, I like what he said though. I think we should each person should go ten to five, and then we we discuss uh, we discuss after like a, a, like BT does his is ten to five. We discuss it, then Changita. We discuss it, and then we do the rest. We do the round robin for the ten. I think uh, the listeners would like that more. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. Oh. I, I think so too. That way we'll kind of zip through 10 through, or, you know, our six, seven, eight, nine, ten, And then, and then we'll really dive deep and everyone do the round Robin from five to one. Does everyone think that's a good idea? I like it. Yes. Excellent. All right. So we're not gonna, we're not really gonna, we're not gonna pull pubes here. We're going to get right into it. So this is uh you know, something I feel like with this podcast and many other podcasts uh, of the like, well, let's not be real. We're not like any other podcast, for better or for worse. Uh, that's for the listeners to decide. But uh, there's a lot of focus and a lot of emphasis on the 80s horror and and even mostly 70s and, and 90s are touched upon throughout a lot of these uh, more popular horror podcasts and, of course, the, uh, the less popular and the uh, the freaks of the podcasting world, which are which is us, the Heart God Media Sight and Sound podcast. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't give a proper intro or anything. We just jumped right in. I kind of liked it. But regardless, uh, we're we're gonna we're hammering the new millennium. The we're the you know where motives are incidental. Uh, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be great. So. Who wants to kick this off? Wait, should we should we do honorable mentions at the very end, or do we want to hit with some honorable mentions now? That's your call. I say at the end, you know. I think the end gives a little extra more to talk about. All right, BT, you I cool agree. with that? All right, perfect. All right, so uh, there's a lot to discuss in 21 years of horror films. Uh, I think when you talk, uh, you know, horror films of 2000 and after, I think a lot of people kind of snarl their lip, frill their brow, and, and uh, ruffle their nuts about, you know, it not being as good as the 80s. And, and the 90s kind of get to that flack too, but 2000 and after more so. But there's a lot of gems in here. There's so much, in 21 years especially, there's so much that you could say. Um but hell, we're gonna do our best. I'm gonna kick it off right now. Hell yeah! So number ten, a Romero film. A Romero George makes a makes an appearance on here as the list gets kicked off, and uh, I'm going Bruiser. Nice. As my number ten, my number ten, Bruiser, George Romero classic. Uh, one of his probably not his most talked about film um maybe even possibly his most untalked about film his most underrated um 
you know, I know we, uh, this is a film from 2000. I thought it was creepy. It was an original, uh, amazing cast. Uh, uh, kind of just not talked about, unfortunately, but I thought it was a great film. Definitely different for Romero too. And Bruiser, my number 10. And my number nine, another film from 2000. Uh, something I think has uh, grown on me from when I first watched it years and years and years ago, thinking it was all right, and then slowly grew into one of my uh, favorite films from the last 21 years, uh, American Psycho. The old, uh, old Patrick Bateman, we get fucking just uh, amazing uh, comedy in this uh, fucked up horror film. Uh, based off of a novel, and uh, yeah, American Psycho, my number nine. My number eight, uh, this, uh, unfortunately, the director had just recently passed away. Uh, really, really tragic. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but Robert Hall passed away. He directed this 2009, uh, what I think is a, a classic already, uh, laid to rest. We get a little chrome skull action in my list. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen this film, obviously we're going to be discussing if there's any crossover with this, but laid to rest is my number eight film from 2009 and my number seven film. It was really hard. This one and the next one were kind of flippity floppity. Um, but, uh, this is a film I saw probably five or six years ago. And I think it's from, uh, seven years ago or so, so, and it was just, it kind of blew me away, uh, it's got a couple different titles, uh, I like to refer to it as Late Phases, um, also known as, uh, Night of the Wolf, uh, a great werewolf film, we're getting practical effects in, in, uh, 2000, what, 13, 14, I think it was, 2014, this film came out, you know, to get, uh, werewolf practical effects in 2014, I think, is a feat uh, in and of itself. We got Nick DiMici, Ethan Embry, just Lance Gass, just uh, Tom Noonan, just a fucking a juggernaut cast as far as genre movies go. And right after that, I'm hitting with another uh, Nick DiMici film. Uh, I'm hitting you with Stakeland as my number six. Just a... Uh, another another you know, monster movie. You know we get werewolves with Nick DiMici in late phases, and to be able to get you know a, a classic horror movie is uh wait hold on. Shit, I did eleven. Yeah. All right, Bruiser's an honorable mention. <laughs> so so we got we had ten as American Psycho. Nine is laid to rest. Eight is laid phases. Seven is Stakeland with Nick DiMici. Um, and that was from 2010, I believe. Was Stakeland 2010? Anybody uh, fact check me on that? I believe so. I believe you're right about that. I can look it up right now. Yep, it's 2010. All right, 2010 for Stakeland as my uh, as my number seven. And my number six, before we dip into the top five, again, I apologize for throwing Bruiser in there. I think I was just so excited to have uh, Romero on my list twice that I was uh, I jumped the gun. Uh, but yes, my number five film, uh, or wait, sh- wait, one, two, three, four. Number six. We should be down number six, right? Yes, number six. Sorry. Sorry. Fucked up. Uh, number six, 2007, 2006, I think it was 2006, but didn't get an actual release until 2007. Uh, Adam Green's Hatchet, uh, in my eyes, I think it kind of, uh, renewed the slasher movie. I think it gave, like, uh, new life to Kane Hodder, who had kind of fallen into the, the cracks of the post-2000, you know, post-Jason X world, um, and... It gave Kane it gave us another legendary Kane Hodder monster performance in several films, another franchise. Um, and the first one, I think, still being the best, if not the second one, I think, too, is up there. Um, but, yeah, my number six is uh, Hatchet. So that's my my five, uh, my six through ten right there. Love it. Love it. Uh, 
love it. Any, All solid films. Any 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 surprises in there for for anybody? Anybody shocked that any of those films made my list? Well, I'm not, yeah, I Bruiser. Was, I wasn't shocked. I, I was gonna bring up Bruiser as well. Well, did you have more to say about that song? Oh no, I'm just saying because I completely forgot about that movie until Jesse brought it up. Well, that that's the thing is that I have only seen it once actually, and it was a long time ago. Brian, so your phone's that, cracking up. Can you hear me now? You're still cracking. Are you sure you're not cracking? No, I'm not cracking because I can hear Sean fine. We'll get to me now. Yes. Okay. Yep, much well, better. What did I say? Damn it. Now I lost my train of thought. You said you'd only seen Bruiser once. Yeah, so... Okay. Bruiser wasn't actually on my list, though. It had to get bumped as an honorable mention. But it was already brought up, so... Yeah, true. Talk. <laughs> I... When I heard you mention it, I just thought I need to revisit it because I only saw it the one time. And I know I enjoyed it because, you know, Tom Atkins is in it and the Misfits are in it and George Romero directed it. So Yeah, I mean, it, anything that a horror movie fan should and would yeah. love, I think, is in Bruiser. Yeah, and I, I will say, like, being, I know we're all mega Romero fans, um, I would agree with that, saying that Bruiser is probably, arguably, his least talked about film. Although I think it soon will be the amusement park once people, everyone sees that. But after that, uh, Bruiser would, would probably be his least mentioned film. I gotta think. Yeah, for sure. All right. But a solid, but a solid film, of course. I'm saying, like, yeah, like when it comes to obviously, like his dead movies uh, rule his world. But when you're talking on that, uh, you know, the non-dead movies from him. Usually you don't hear people mention Bruiser too much. So. Now, uh, before we move on to someone else's uh, 6 through 10, uh, is anybody, BT, I know I showed you late phases just a few years ago. I know everyone's seen Stakeland. What's your opinion on two films that I think are the marquee vampire and the marquee horror or werewolf uh, movie of uh, post-2000s? I personally love both of them. They actually, I mean, not to give away my honorable mentions, they're actually both in my honorable mentions. And I would agree with you. I think, like, when we're talking about horror films, especially in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, um, those are seminal films in the genre, in my eyes. Um, and uh, the name, escape, I know you said his name twice already, but the, the actor from... Nick Dimitri. Yeah, that dude, uh, is, he's a phenomenal actor. And I think uh, they made, the you know, his the storytelling, but also, like the way he portrays his characters in both of those films is definitely like a driving force. Oh, um, I, definitely. I love both. Of them. I love both of them. I, um, I, I have to watch lead phases again. I did enjoy it. I agree with what Eric said. Stakeland, really good movie. I don't watch it often because honestly, it's really depressing. Fil- filmed in Eric's neck of the woods too. Yes. Yes. Also, uh, the girl from Top Gun is in it, correct? Let's say I don't know her name, but uh, found that interesting when when we watched is it for the first. Time. Is it like Kelly McGillis or something? Yes, something yes. like that. Exactly. Yeah. She's also in the Innkeepers around yep. the same time. Yep, you yeah. got it. All right, she's who? A real, she's a real genre queen at this point. Yeah, exactly. Who? Who's? <laughs> who's got next here? Sean, why don't you go? Popcorn Sean. Popcorn okay. Sean. I, I guess I guess I'll go. It sounds like he's about to present something to the class. You guys remember the popcorning, and did you guys do that in like sixth grade? Oh yeah, no, I remember that. You didn't popcorn. You popcorn to the other person. Was that a thing? Or that... Po- and whenever someone popcorned me, I was never paying attention to what part of the book we were reading. Still figure. Plus, you couldn't read at that point either, so it was tough. That's true. I didn't learn how to read until I was thirty. <laughs> All right, let's hear him, Sean. Uh, Ten through six. And slow down, right, Mike. Make sure you breathe while you do it. Okay, so number 10 is a great uh, Australian horror film I really enjoyed, made in 2009. Um, I'm going to go with The Loved Ones. Um, I take it no one has ever seen that. No, uh, definitely I watched, have. I watched it with you. Well, everyone was really quiet when I said that. No, I was waiting for you to expound on how many times you pulled it to it, if something was else was meaning, meaningful. I don't know. <laughs> I remember seeing the uh, trailer for that movie um, when it was first coming out, and I was really pumped on it. I don't, I've only seen it the one time, but it's obviously a really fun movie. So, Loved Ones yeah, for really number fun. 10. Um, 
that one song that plays uh, "Am I Not Pretty Enough" always gets stuck in my head. It's on my phone. I know we're uh, you're gonna move through this, but could you maybe sing that just a little? Uh, no. I'll yeah. I'll do it. He's gonna hum it when well, he when he skins his first victim. Yes. <laughs> to quote Eric, uh, freeze people's heads in my freezer and smash it later. Uh, well, I might have said that. Number nine, Sean. Move your beard out of the move your beard out of the way. You're all muffled. The point thing is, I don't. I'm not even near my phone. You're, well, that's why you're muffled. <laughs> what do you mean you're nowhere near? <laughs> Case in point. Like, like my phone's like up to my face. I'm just saying. Well, where is it? You're. It's in the dining room. You're in the kitchen. No, it's on my bed. It's under your bed. No, it's on my. Bed. What do you got? The fucking stringing cans like in Three Ninjas when Rocky's talking to Emily. But anyways, can you guys hear me better? Yeah, uh, yeah. Number nine, let's hear it. Let's hear it. All right, number nine, a Kevin Smith classic. Surprise! Uh, in there. I thought it was a great film. Uh, really twisted. Actually, made me feel extremely uncomfortable when I saw that in theaters. R.I.P. Michael Parks. Great performance from him. Yeah, let everyone. Oh, yeah. But well, 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 you keep going, and we'll talk. We'll discuss after your your five there. Okay. Uh, number nine. Oh no, number eight. My only remake on my list, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Evil Dead remake from 2013. Solid. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that once you wrap up your yeah. first five. Our first, re- our first remake, right? I mean, there's only been two of us so far, right? Yeah, first, first, uh, yeah. first remake. Um, number seven, uh, I'm going to go with a 2014 classic, It Follows. Solid. And, so. then, and I'm going to end my list with... Uh, Somewhat newer flick uh, from 2019, Ready or Not. Wow. I'm kind of, uh, I'm intrigued by your first uh, top, your first 10 through six uh, selections here, Sean. One, because we've had no crossover yet, and uh, you got a remake on there. You got uh, an Australian flick. You have. Uh, it's pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I, I don't think I would have pegged, maybe It Follows, because I know you've talked about that one a bunch, and I know you had already kind of hinted at having the Evil Dead, uh, remake on your list as well, but interesting choices. You're kind of dancing, you're, when you, you're kind of dancing on the outside of horror, if you, if you'd ask me, because, I mean, they are horror films, but they're like those horror films that I think people watch, and then they say, like, well, that's a family drama. <laughs> what was the family drama? Well, they called Hereditary a family drama, so I'm saying, like... Which ones on Sean's list are you referring to when you say that? I I, I didn't mean actually a family drama. I mean, I mean it's that someone would call it something else because it's not, like, a true cut horror film, i.e. Like Loved horror. Ones or It Follows. Right. Yeah, but these are like the horror films that I gravitate towards to, though. Like the over-the-top campy shit. The less horror. <laughs> well, uh, there was something I wanted to say about one of your... Uh, quickly, go through your list really quickly. Like, really fast. Yeah, uh, the loved one. Tusk? Yeah, Tusk. That's remake. Tusk, uh, you should uh, tell people how... That's how you introduce yourself. You know, you're always like, you're like, hey, I'm Sean. Have you seen Tusk? <laughs> so, that, that, that is correct. Um, when I meet people and they start talking about films, I always ask if they ever Tusk because the movie's fucking twisted. Why that? Why Tusk in particular? Would you ask? Because every you, like, person, you, you like every a lot of movies. To wa- That's why every person I get to uh, watch that film always texts me and be like, what the fuck did you make me watch? I'm like, exactly. It's like a, it's like a, it's a film you put out there so, to let people know uh, what kind of guy you are? You're like, hey, you want to know me? Watch Tusk. Not to. <laughs> At least I'm not telling people watch, you know, Terrifier. Brian, what do you think of Sean's uh, six or ten? Um, I back. I'm not the biggest fan of Tusk, but that's a you know, it's Kevin Smith, and we, we all know Sean has a gigantic uh, Kevin Smith crush. Now, so. no one tried yeah. to. No one changed their films after I mentioned this, but Justin Long's kind of a genre darling too. You got Jeepers Creepers, Drag Me to Hell, Afterlife, Tusk. He's been in a lot of notable genre films. Yeah, I'm really going to rush my list to make sure I have something with Justin Long in it. 
Oh shit! I forgot Justin Long. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Though. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he. I mean, usually you would say like for an actor of his, I don't want to say caliber, but he's pretty well known. And yeah, he's been in quite a few uh, a genre a genre flicks and some ones that people. He's like if really he's like if Roy Bovey was trying to be Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, just just like. Uh, Justin Long does have that, uh, he has like a weird charm about him. I don't, I'm not saying Roy Bovey does. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Look, I, he, cl- he clearly had a weird charm about him, too. I don't what? think I know who Roy Bovey is. Or remember well, we don't, listen, that's neither here nor there. We don't need to discuss <laughs> Roy Bovey on the podcast. Google. Mostly because nobody listening probably knows who he is. But uh, uh, if you want, you can Google Roy, Roy Bovey's name and then it'll tell you. You'll Just see the police Google. blotter. Yeah, we'll Google Roy Bovey, you know, Canastota, New York, or Syracuse, New York, and you'll find something. Regardless. Uh, all right, who's uh, who's up next here? I volunteer myself. Wait, Sean. Next. No, never mind. Never yeah. mind. We'll talk at the very end. Then okay. All right. I am going to start with number 10. Ow. I'm going to start off with Jesse's number one here, and it's uh, 2014's It Follows. Um, yeah. Ooh. I personally love this flick. I think it's a it's a it's a cool original story. I feel like you you don't really see much about that. You know that is kind of like the underlying like uh, sexual transmitted yeah. type thing, and it's got a killer demon. I, I am killer. gonna I am gonna rewatch it because I only watched it once, and I just yeah, like it's it's a great flick. You got a killer score. Um, I like it also because uh, just the whole vibe of it. It's, it's weird too because you can't really tell like what, uh, like when the movie really takes place, and I kind of like that too. It's also got that Keir Gilchrist kid in it from Atypical, and uh, let, let me in, right? Was he is. He is, he he no no, no he he was in, he's been in a few films, uh, but yeah, he's a great actor, a great young yeah, actor. Yeah, he's in, this, he's in this like dark summer film I have. Yeah, he's a good actor. Anyway, so that if was number ten, two thousand fourteen. Uh, number nine, 2009, uh, Ty West's House of the Devil. Yeah. My boy Noonan in this thing. I love this flick. Hell Super, yeah. Again, awesome soundtrack. The Dig the whole vibe, the Lunar Eclipse vibe. Noonan's such a creeper. I love it. That dude is uh, an unheralded. Uh, he's so great. He's such a great actor. Tall drink uh, of water, too. Yeah, tall drink of, tall drink of ass there. And he... Uh, He's a good guy. So, uh, number eighteen or number eight, not eighteen. A uh, movie I just recently watched again, and I realized, I, I you know, I really dig this this goddamn movie. It's uh, 2015's The Devil's Candy with Ethan Embry. Um, this movie is, is is rad as well. Embry actually does like a really killer job. Uh, he plays like a metalhead, and uh, he he gets he goes into some pretty dark places in this flick. And again, I know I keep talking about the soundtrack, but a killer soundtrack. Uh, Slayer, Metallica, Queens of the Stone Age. Uh, a lot of the songs are done by that uh, doom metal band Sun O. Uh, really cool, cool newer newer flick. It's probably I think it's the newest flick on my uh, on my list here. So uh, number eight, The Devil's Candy. Uh, number seven, 2009, Laid to Rest. Uh, again, I thought it was just for like a new age post 2000 like slasher flick. Super cool idea. I love the killer. I love the mask. Um, Sean Whalen. Sean Whalen. <laughs> Bridget's uh, true love. Sean Whalen. Making a cameo. Anytime he makes a cameo, it's going to be a great movie. But it's another one. Like I feel like a lot of, a lot of well, not all of these, but I feel like a lot of these slasher movies, there's so many that come out. But um, this one just really stands stands alone. Like, stands in the pack. So like that's bit. the first. You're the, Sean and I had no crossover, and you're the first one to have crossover with Sean by having it follows on your list as well, and then uh, crossover with me with having laid to rest. There we go. There we go. And now my number six. This one might be a shocker to most, uh, but I'm throwing it on here. Twilight. It is, it, is, it is Twilight. It is made by one of the greatest directors <laughs> we've talked about, George Romero. Um, 2000. Or, uh, <laughs> I'm putting Survival of the Dead. I love Survival of the Dead. I think it's a lot of people hate this movie, and I think it's really bad. I think it's it's like a, it's like a western. You got these two families pitted against each other um, on this island. I thought it was 
I really thought it was great work by Romero to be one of his, uh, you know, his last films. Um, I just I don't understand the hate for it. I love Romero so much. I think I think Survival of the Dead is, is a phenomenal film. I I have to agree. I I have to agree that uh, a lot of his later dead films I feel like don't get their just due, and I think everyone's just so fixated on filleting the uh, the dawn and the days of the world which don't get me wrong those deserve to be filleted amply but uh that's not to i mean the post you know from you know his three dead films from the 2000s definitely deserve reach arounds yeah that's what i mean like those all of those you know land like yeah all great flicks and you're right like i think it's like not saying it's like a bad thing, but like you got a guy like Romero who's putting out, you know, when you put out Night and Dawn and Day, it's like those movies are so fucking huge, especially in like the genre. Like a lot of people would have those as like their top films of all time. I just think like when you do, when you try to do stuff like later in life or like later in your career, people are very hard on it. And like, and that's definitely what happened with him with like his later dead flicks. Like, you know, we always talk about how like those films get a lot of hate, but I don't know. I don't see it. Like I, I think it's great. And I think survival, I just thought it was a great story. And I thought kind of every one of them are, is a little bit different. has like a different uh, tone or like underlying story, but I just like the vibe of, of uh, survival with the, you know, like I said, almost like a, like Western, like got these two families pitted against each other. Like that's like a, that's like the main story. And then you got these zombies, you know, the, the stuff going on in the background, which is really, I just think really cool. No, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm definitely interested to hear the rest of everyone's list, and but we're gonna get Brian six through ten first here. So Brian, let's uh, let's hear your six through ten. Okay. Um, number ten, I have the Lords of Salem. Nice. Yeah. nice. Number nine, I this one surprise. I wasn't expecting this one to be on my list, but it just sort of happened. The Innkeepers. No. Yeah. Uh, Number eight. What what was that? Oh, I like it. I love that movie. It's good to see it on someone's top ten. Uh, for number eight, I have The Witch. Nice. Chongo. Chongo loves The Witch. Number seven, I have The Eye. Oh. And the original The Eye from Thailand. The, the, the Thailand the version? Huh? Then the Thailand version, not the American remake. Right. right. Taiwanese, Sean. Come on. Okay, I'm sorry. It was made in Thailand. I think it's okay that he said that. I don't know. Taiwanese is Thai from people from Taiwan. I was trying to make a joke, but number six, Bomb. I have the Suspiria remake. Wow, wow, yeah. that good, huh? I still haven't. Not, I've yet to see that, but that good that it's entering your top ten of the two thousands. Um, I'm not. You know, it's just my list. I'm not saying you should watch this and you should think it's good. I just personally really loved it. No, these are personal lists. Uh, I've not seen The Eye, um, not original nor remake. Um, I haven't seen. I Sus- I haven't seen Suspiria remake. Um, and yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty interesting and eclectic uh, top ten already for you, Brian. Sean. Ryan, you, you liked the I remake a lot. Yeah, I own it. Not the remake, the original. Oh, okay. You said the remake. I meant the original. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Remake. All right, so uh, now we're busting into the top fives. Uh, so what I'm gonna do is uh, I'm obviously gonna since it's my turn, I'm gonna kick it off, but I am gonna recap my ten through six before I jump into my top five just so it's fresh and we have perspective on each of our lists as we continue and dust off our top 10. So my number 10 was not bruiser bruiser ended up being a, uh, honorable mention, but my number 10 was American psycho. Number nine was laid to rest. Number eight was late phases. Night of the lone wolf. Number seven was Stakeland. Number six was Hatchet. And now, my top five. Uh, a sequel to a remake is number five for me. 
is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Now, I know this is outside of us. I think this is probably uh, probably going to be the most controversial movie that would appear on any of our lists to the average horror movie fan. Um, just because I know that, one, I, I feel like uh, a certain demographic of horror fan is kind of uh kind of likes to shun the rob zombie halloweens um i understand the shunning of the first one and i guess i can understand the shunning of halloween 2 but for some reason and i know i know we can all agree this movie just hit something different and i know we say it all the time if if this movie had nothing to do with michael myers and had nothing to do with the mask or, or the namesakes of of laurie strode and Michael Myers and and Haddonfield and all that, it'd probably be one of the best uh, styled movies of the last 21 years. When this movie came out in the summer of 2009, you know, obviously being rushed and all that, I'm I'm not gonna get into a big thing right here, uh, but yeah, I love this film. Uh, I just love the style, the aesthetic of the film. Uh, the performances specifically from Scout Taylor Compton and Daniel Harris, as well as Malcolm McDowell, and it's just a, a great film. And I know we're all fans. And my number four, 2007 George Romero, Diary of the Dead, I think probably his best, in my in my opinion, his best dead film after, uh, you know, of the, the newer, the new millennium uh, after Day of the Dead. It's my favorite. I feel like it was ahead of its time. It kind of tapped into that MySpace social media, you know, uh, capturing the the carnage as it happens, as people do now with, you know, people being attacked and killed. There's a lot of people filming and not a lot of people doing anything. And this was interesting because, uh, you know, there's nothing you could do when zombies were attacking. There's little you could do. Um, and it was he was just ahead of the curve, he, and he spoke even when he didn't mean to speak on social and political things. And he was just the fucking man, and, and I miss George Romero intensely. I'm so grateful we were all able to meet him, uh, meet him several times. He was just the fucking man, and Diary of the Dead, I think, is a masterpiece, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says, and that's my number four. My number three, another crossover film uh, that happened on Eric's list, I believe. Uh, 2007's House of the Devil. Just, as Eric said, just the style, the the soundtrack, uh, Tom Noonan. Uh, just a, a fucking awesome film and just so much fun and such a throwback. 80s feel movie. Just, they just did so... So much for me, uh, as far as just pleasing me on all my, uh, you know, hitting all my, my taste buds, I guess. Um, my number two, another Rob Zombie film. I think this might be the most entertaining and easy to watch horror films post 2000. It's 2005's Devil's Rejects. I just feel like I've watched this movie so many times. I know. When this movie came out on DVD, I know Sean and I had watched it kind of incessantly and just literally would fucking uh, pass out fucking watching this movie and wake up to the main menu. Oh, the fucking chick screaming and a chainsaw going off yep. all night long. Uh, oh, yeah, that menu was so annoying. It really it was. Like nothing, <laughs> it was very romantic. Sounds like nothing's changed in your house. And and, uh, yeah, it's just uh, such a fucking awesome film. It's his masterpiece to this day. Uh, You know, part of me wants to say H2. Um, It was really hard to not put Devil's Rejects or not Devil's Rejects uh, House of a Thousand Corpses on my list. But I didn't want to over zombify it as much as I love Rob Zombie. And Devil's Rejects is his magnum opus in my eyes. And my number one from 2007 and I did not watch this film until 2009 when Warner Premiere released it on DVD. I borrowed it from Sean. I believe Sean Blind bought it, uh, watched it, told me how awesome it was, let me borrow the DVD, and I've been a fan ever since. It's gained so much uh, fandom and a fan base since its release, and it's it's a fucking perfect fucking movie. It's it's so perfect. It's, it's a classic um, trick-or-treat. Nice. 
and solid that... top ten right there, my friend. A solid top ten. I will say it. I'm, I'm not saying I'm surprised by it, but two two RZ flicks in the top ten. I like it. Yeah, I mean, and I know like a part of a part of me is just like, oh, like, do I really put two Rob Zombie films in there? Like, did those films really? do that for me and they really did like i've i've watched halloween 2 so many times i've watched it uh devil's rejects uh house of thousand corpses and halloween 2 i've watched so much since their releases i bought those all three of them i'm pretty sure the day they were available to buy on dvd and or blu-ray uh i bought immediately and i've watched those so many times Devil's Rejects and H2 appear on there. There was just no way I, I couldn't do it. Uh, those movies are just awesome, and I don't really care what the popular consensus is. Um, I know people kind of look past uh, their opinions on Rob Zombie and uh, embrace those films. I know Devil's Rejects is embraced. Anybody that said anything bad about that film would probably need their head checked. But, but yeah, and, and Trick or Treat being my number one, I just feel like it's a staple movie. It's how I end my Halloweens now. Like, there's no other movie that I end my Halloweens with other than Trick or Treat. Um, and George's Diary of the Dead, obviously, is in my top five as well, and House of the Devil. And, and yeah, I mean, that's my uh, – I feel very – and I – I honestly, I did this entire top 10 without looking anything up. This is immediately the films that I started thinking of. And it took me probably, probably like uh, a half hour to think of all these films. And then I think I remembered, um, uh, Stakeland. Um, and I was just like, oh, that's definitely top 10 material. But, to to review my top 10, American Psycho 10, nine laid to rest, eight late phases, night of the lone wolf. Seven Stakeland, six Hatchet, five Rob Zombie's Halloween two, four Diary of the Dead, George Romero's Diary of the Dead, uh, three House of the Devil, two Rob Zombie's Devil's Rejects, and number one Trick or Treat. I like uh, it. Solid, top ten. I dig them. Dig them all. all right. Right. I'm gonna say that uh, yours and my top five are eerily similar. All right, let's let's get that top five. Okay, so, just like you, uh, you had a Halloween sequel at number five. I also have a Halloween sequel at number five. Wow. It's not Rob Zombie. Mine's 2018 Halloween. Nice. I thought it was a great addition to the franchise. It definitely brought Michael back. to like. Don't get me wrong. I fucking love Rob Zombie's Halloween. Obviously, you guys are my friends. You know I quote fucking Rob Zombie's Halloween on a daily basis. Well, you know, 2018 Rob Zombie's fantastic, was it? I don't think anybody said anything. Oh, I thought it was something. No, it, it, Halloween 2018 is, is really is. And honestly, that one is it's one of my honorable mentions. Uh, that was hard not to put in there, but uh, maybe because I didn't sit with it as long as some of these other films um, is maybe the reason. But totally worthy of a top 10 for post-2000 because it's just another easy-to-watch film, just so much fun and just awesome. Uh, my number four, I know Jesse's about to hurt me a new asshole, um, but 2011's You're Next. I thought it was a great slasher film. Um, oh, that like just it. missed. that? Oh, I was going to say that like just missed my uh, top ten. I don't, I don't dislike Your Next. Now, me personally, would I put it in a top 20 of this in, in this? No. Would I put it in a top 30? Probably not. Would I put it in a top 50? Definitely not. Uh, but no. You don't think it's a top fifty flick of the two of the last last twenty years? No, no. I could I could definitely fill out a fifty without putting that one in there. When you come here in two weeks, we're gonna do that. I want to hear the fifty better films. Oh, I. You know what's funny though? No, I'll I'll yeah definitely. When I did my list wrong, when I first thought we're doing two thousand ten till now, actually your next was number one on my list. Wow. Yes. But now, uh, get out of the 2010 era, um, the last three um, is a Edgar Wright film, uh, 2004 Shaun of the Dead. I know it's a not really horror, but it's horror comedy, and I absolutely fucking love it. Um, I also, <laughs> that was in my first draft of my top ten. Nice. And now here is one, Jesse's Night's uh, list gig, extremely similar. Uh, number two, I went with Trick or Treat. Um, 
you know, it, just like Jesse, it became a staple of my Halloween tradition. Um, I watched that with the original Halloween. And then lastly, um, I can't, you know, make a horror list without a Rob Zombie film. Uh, but I picked Devil's Rejects as my favorite movie of uh, the time. Wow. Our, our one and twos coming up flip-flopped on each other's list. I like that. Nice. I like, uh, Sean, yeah. I, I do like that we are both, like, both those movies were kind of, we both have a connection with. One, because you blind bought Trick or Treat and gave it to me to watch and said it was awesome. And then Devil's Rejects, obviously, uh, we had watched so many times together. So that's interesting that... And- you know, it's funny, though, I talked about this with Eric the other day, and how, like, we not planned out watching it together in theaters. Like, yeah. Like, we showed up at the same time to watch Double Dree Jacks. Yeah, yeah. It, that is interesting, and that's a, that's a cool little uh, thing that uh, that just happened, having those two movies as our one and twos, but flipped. Love it. Love Did it. We all, we all were there at the same time? Yeah, I think it was what? I went with me, Brian, I think, not a Jesse... John Peters and Timmy was there. And I think Jesse went with Matt Carswell and Ricky, if I remember correctly. Timmy was there? No, I didn't go with Matt. Matt was there. Um, Ricky didn't go. I went with my sister, and I also went with Alicia Anderson because I was going to summer school with her at the time. Okay. Shout out to Alicia Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> If you're a fan of the Sight and Sound which podcast, one, which one was she? I right, relax. No, I, I don't know who she is. Did she have dark hair? Yeah. Yeah. She's oh, the one. Yeah. She's, she's the one with the hair. Dark hair, I said. She's not blonde. She's not like redhead. She's dark she's hair. She's always just wearing shirts. <laughs> right, <anyway>. T-shirts. <laughs> uh, is it my turn? It's your turn. Yeah. All right. Wait, wait, Eric and Brian, did you go see Devil's Rejects? You were at. You two were at that theater too. I was. I went with Sean. Oh, you went with Sean. I thought. I thought Sean was saying that Eric was there too. No, BT stopped going with movies. Like going to the movies with me after a while. He. I wasn't cool. So he, he got like, embarrassed if his dad broke. No, actually, you want to hear the truth, Eric was criticizing almost every new horror movie that came out and would not go see them. Oh, shit. Because that's, that was your, like, Vincent Price face. Like, anything new that came out wasn't cool. <laughs> yeah, but um, when they like, Freddy vs. Jason come out, didn't, like, you and BT go together? And then I bumped into you guys? No, I went with you to that, Sean. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, Sean. Are you sure? Yeah. Sean was on some serious pills back then. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mom got it was almost 20 years ago. I don't remember shit. He was on those fucking Gen Nasal uppers. Why you gotta call me out for my love of Vincent Price? No, I think, I just think it's cool. Eric was wearing a fucking... Because you accused me of not inviting you. Eric was wearing the baby blue fucking Denver Nuggets Carmelo t-shirt and just had a pencil-thin mustache like Vincent Price, too. <laughs> I carried around one of those uh, pocket watches as well. No, I didn't do that. Anyway, let me do my top five. I'll do my full top ten after really quickly. Number five, I'm going to match Sean here. 2018's Halloween. Uh, I thought it was a cool take. Uh, you know, David Gordon Green and the uh, Rough House Pitchers guys getting together with Jay Carp and coming up with this story. I thought it was a really awesome uh, portrayal of how things played out. Um, and I know that we were all super pumped to see how the rest of them play out with the Halloween kills coming up very quickly here. Um, so yeah, Halloween 2018. Anybody got anything to say? Oh, just right. uh, I, definitely worthy of a top ten for sure. I'm uh, just uh, I'm thinking of all the beloved horror films I left out of my list and all the stuff that yeah Sean likes that is in my list. I should preface this by saying I'm probably gonna forget something. So <laughs> shit to me on social media if you want to reach out to me. It's at Jorge underscore Hendo 315. Um, number four, uh, Adam Green's Hatchet. Uh, I'm going to reiterate what Jesse said, where this is a phenomenal slasher flick, uh, gruesome bloody, the return of Kaney, Kaney Hodder, and uh, a great little franchise, the Hatchet franchise, I think. it's. I know we have our things about Adam Green. We do love a lot of his work. Um, 
but that is making the old top five hatchet, number four. Number three, uh, 2006, I believe, uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Nice. This film, I just think it's super rad. Uh, again, something you don't see very often, like the, the you know the the view of the 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 killer, the psychopath of of all the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like um, everything that he does to to be to be a serial killer, like t- taking it from the documentary standpoint. I just thought it was super original, super awesome. Obviously, a phenomenal cast with uh, England making an appearance and BT's ex Zelda, and uh, I just think it's a great flick. Uh, again, something you don't, and, and I think it goes a long way when these stories are, are super original like this, and and also it's got the girl from uh, the girl speaks French in Home Alone. So how can it not be that great, right? Right. Ready? Anybody? Am I bombing? I'm bombing. No, no, no. no the topic. I actually like the movie a lot. Number two, uh, American Psycho, two thousand. I was I, I was worried. Sorry to interrupt you. I was worried that no one else was going to have that. No, I think this. Yeah, I mean, this movie's great. I think. I mean, obviously, Christian Bale is like such a mega actor. Like he's fucking huge. But this, like, is some of his best acting work. I feel like um, it's so great. Such a great story. Again, the cast. You think about some of the people in this: uh, Justin Theroux and Reese Witherspoon. Obviously, um, Jared Leto, um, and I just think that whole like diving into the whole like '80s uh, Wall Street, like kind of dark side of like you know the New York City, and like it just it was an interesting. That story set in that world is really really cool, and like I said, Christian Bale just absolutely destroys that role. I mean, oh, think yeah. about some of the shit in that. I mean. Just awesome, and again, when you're when you're when you're hacking people up to Huey Lewis on the news, I mean, what gets better than that? Yeah, so. that's true. What was that, Changita? Hey, I, you know, guy returned some tapes. You you got some of your actions from that movie, right? That's what you do. Yeah, uh, that's actually my holy bible of what I do uh, outside of work. The flexing in the mirror, right? And the wink, and with uh, Phil Collins playing in the background. Anyway, <laughs> number one. And this is going to sound like it's a, it's a work, but it's true. 2007, great, great flick. Trick or treat. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Love it. And like you said, like this movie, obviously, like coming out when it came out, like, uh, you know, I remember, I remember uh, going over to one of my buddy's house and uh, his mom had like rented it or something like that. And we watched it and I was like, this is so sick. So great. It really wasn't on my radar, like, uh, before it was released, I guess. I don't know how, but... Uh, Did this movie come out in 2000? Are you t- are you sure you're not talking about the the Aussie trick-or-treat? Because you just sounded like you were four when you saw this. You're like, yeah, I went over to my buddy's house and his mom rented it. It did sound like that, right? No, I, not to be confused with the Aussie, uh, Aussie slash like, immigrants trick-or-treat, which is a great flick, but... Uh, I think it was like it was Al Brown. I went over to Al Brown's place and uh, his mom had like rented it or something. But great movie, one of the best Halloween movies. Obviously, you got to watch it uh, during Halloween. You got to watch it during Christmas. Got to watch it all the time. Some phenomenal acting in it. One of the hopefully my wife doesn't listen because one of the hottest scenes with the little typo, right? Isn't typo playing in that scene with the werewolves? Am I oh, wrong yeah. about that, or is it something? Else? No, no. Right. Typo was Night of the Demons. Yeah, that's what I'm getting confused. Night of the Demon remake with, yeah, Marilyn Manson. Anyway, Brian Cox playing what I'm probably going to turn into in a couple of years um, as the old man <laughs> with the little dog. <laughs> Great effect. Yeah, so fun. Uh, just, a, just a phenomenal film. Number one, Trick or Treat. Wilson, what are you doing over there? Hiding bodies? <laughs> yeah, that dude's great. I, I, became, I was the kid puking on the stairs, and I'm going to become Brian Cox's character pretty much, so. But that's my top. That's my top ten. What's everyone think? That's a great top ten. I like it, Eric. I love it. I love your list. I love all your lists. I apologize. No Vincent Price movies could make it, but unfortunately, make that pre. Well, yeah, that's true. Nothing. Yeah, I don't know. Brian, it's on to you. <sighs> okay, guys. I first of all, I'd like to apologize. Number five, I have uh, Lovely Molly. Oh, I yeah, fuck. Yeah. I I well, forgot all about look, that. 
listen to my list and you'll realize how many movies I like totally slipped on. But um, yeah, I think it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Probably creepiest. Definitely. Is there a difference between creepy and scary? It just mm-hmm. creeps me out. And uh, Gretchen Lodge's performance is one of the most like intense performances I've seen in a horror movie ever. BT, did just, did did you tell me about this, or did I tell you about this? I blind bought it at Walmart, so I think I told you about it. I think, yeah, and I think I might have even bought, borrowed it from you, honestly. And I, I just want to add something really quick. I just want to point out that this movie, I love this movie, love, love it and all, but this is one of the first movies I ever showed my now wife. When we were first hanging out, I brought lovely Molly over, and we watched it, so. It, you did something right. who knows where you'd be if you hadn't showed her lovely molly maybe she's maybe she felt trapped after that yeah she was probably a little scared actually that's probably what it was like well gotta do this okay number four i have very polarizing film called get out I was wondering if Get Out was going to make someone top 10. Which I think for me, it hit for me like this very specific type of horror film that I haven't seen since like the 70s, like this sort of paranoid, sort of like Rosemary's Baby, Separate Wives type of feel that I think Jordan Peele brought back very well, but gave it a modern uh, context. But I also think it's like, while it's very you know, serious and very scary for certain reasons. It's also got a great sense of humor. Um, number three, I have Hereditary, which crushed my soul. And I know Sean's a big fan of this too, so... Fuck that movie. Number two, I have Ginger Snaps. And if you, there have, it to is. Ask, if you have to ask, you don't even know me. Okay. <laughs> um, number one is a movie that I... Actually, like, I it sort of grew on me over the years. Brian, can and, I get your number one movie? Yeah. Is it May? No. Damn it. Wow, May, not in the top ten. We can't use that joke anymore. Nope. Number one, I have The Descent. Wow. <laughs> Which I think what a twist. Just, what? I said, what a twist. Yeah, well, I, you know, I wasn't expecting... Well, I knew it would be in my top ten, and then it sort of went on my list. But I had just rewatched it recently, and yeah, remembered how great it was and how intense it is even before like the creatures show up. It that setting is just very like no. that's the film that you've been trying to get me to watch, but I've never watched it. Now, Brian, what films did you hear where you're like, "Fuck, I can't believe I left that off" when you heard our list? Uh, Trick or Treat, American Psycho. That might be it. Okay. Uh, oh, those yeah, are like big ones. These are pretty eclectic lists. Um, I would say, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of shocked by your list. I guess just. Uh, uh, I don't think I had any crossover with anyone else's list. Yeah, I don't. I, did, I, I definitely didn't think the descent would be number one. I'm not no. saying it's a bad thing. No, no. Bad. Well, honestly, this list is like a list of 10 number ones oh no scratch that the top five or like the top i don't know i don't they're all great well uh i guess uh i will we'll dive into some uh honorable mentions uh i mean Right off the bat, I'm going to say Bruiser, obviously. Honorable mention, I talked about that. Lovely Molly, which I completely forgot about. I think it's one of the better uh, paranormal fucking slash possession slash whatever you want to call it. Movies, I think it's the best out of all of them that have come out in the last 21 years. Uh, It 2017 almost made the cut uh, as well. That almost popped on my top 10. It was in the top 10 for a second, but it slowly got pushed off as I started thinking of more movies. And that was probably the newest movie I would have would have had on my top ten, and my newest movie that ended up having on my top ten, I believe, was Late Phases from 2014, and then 2006, seven, 2005, 2007, 
2010. So mine really, other than late phases, none from the last 11 years. Um, a couple other honorable mentions, Jennifer's Body. Obviously a little bit more of a horror comedy, but horror nonetheless. Ginger Snaps was definitely, I mean, I have a deep affinity for any practical werewolf effects. Uh, that one I saw, you know, right around the time, probably a year after it came out. I remember it being on IFC, just falling in love with that film, and I do love it. But for some reason, um, I like Late Phases better, um, and it just, my heart swoons for that movie just a little bit more than than that. Uh, I'd also throw Scream 4, uh, R.I.P. Wes, on my, on my list, as well as My Soul to Take. Um, both of those I would put in my honorable mentions. My Soul to Take was really hard not putting that or Scream 4 on my list. Um, but I didn't really want to have... Uh, I really didn't want to have too many sequels. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I, I just thought that to myself. But Devil, uh, another another film I really love from 2010. Uh, 2000, yeah, 10. Uh, Devil, just a fucking awesome movie. Devil's fucking rad. I actually like that a lot. Yeah, it was, it was a great film. You know, uh, thinking of stuff that was left off, I think I mentioned it as a song, but would we, I, I didn't throw it on my list, like, even though it probably would have been, but I threw it like Grindhouse, like, you know, like Death Proof and Planet Terror. Like yeah, I definitely thought about those, and they are great, but, you know, it's only top ten, so it's it's hard to fit so many movies on your list, you know. See, for my honorable mentions, I had Grindhouse. Um, I also put down High Tension was on there as well. Um, the movie uh, Inside, um, I actually liked it a lot when I watched that with Brian. And then, um, oh, another Alexander Audrey movie, uh, Crawl with a Giant Alligator. I actually really enjoyed Creature Features. Yeah, Crawl was great. The Piranha remake was great by Aja. Um and yeah, high tension's another one. I, I, you know, I, I that kind of one kind of just escaped me too. But what a great film that is too. And then like my newest newest film um, from twenty twenty, it's on Shutter. Um, it's like this cool paranormal film called Host. Uh, I actually loved it so much where I watched it twice in one night. I'll have to check but, that out. I haven't seen it. Yeah, same here. I mean, most of the time, it's like. People doing like a Zoom meeting, like because it takes place during. Oh no, I did and, watch like, that. I thought it was terrible. You didn't oh, like yeah. it? No, yeah, I, I did not that. like it. I thought it was red as fuck. I thought it was. I thought it was well done for like what it was and how it was filmed. It was, it was better than Unfriended. That movie. If saying that though is being like, yeah, I thought they did good for what they wanted to do. It's like saying that about Mushroom Head. Like no one likes Mushroom Head. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I enjoyed Host. I enjoyed Unfriended, though. So maybe I'm not the person to talk to about that. Is, is that I, what? Uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I forgot what I was going to say. No, you didn't. I was going to say, most of my honorable mentions like are stuff that have already been talked about, but like, I think the, like, you know, like Diary of the Dead and H2 Stake Land. Uh, I think the only one that was and was battle royale that one was like close to being on my list that's from 2000 obviously yeah um, yeah everything else uh, i think has been mentioned so what about your honorable mentions to, brian on my list as well i have a list of like nine movies um first of all uh, i wanted to put black swan and Shaun of the dead on my list but at the last minute i'm like they don't Shaun of the dead is a horror film to me, but it's like also mostly a comedy. And Black Swan, while it does have horror sequences, kind of, it's more of a psychological thriller. It's and more of a psychological piece of shit. You're a <laughs> psychological piece of shit. That's fairly <laughs> accurate. Doesn't mean I love you any less. So the rest of these movies were at one point in my top 10 and got bumped. Uh, so those are Cherry Falls. May, Oof. High Tension, Scream 4, Your Next, House of the Devil, and The Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, I forgot what <laughs> Yeah, that's another movie I probably wouldn't put in my top 50 either. Well, oh, wait, there is one more, though, Mosley. I forgot about uh, that. <laughs> Mosley would have been a cinematic masterpiece, okay? 
A, did you Mostly, say a Cinemax masterpiece? No, he's a he's cinematic, right? Yeah, it's a cinematic. Yeah. Well, that's uh, is there? I, if you could pick one movie from each person's list that you were shocked by, I would probably say I would be shocked by. Uh, Sean, I would be shocked by. Um, I don't know what I'd be shocked by yours. I guess I'm more shocked that Brian didn't have Trick or Treat on his. I'm more shocked that Brian didn't have May. Yeah, I'm definitely, that's the most shocking that May wasn't number one. I honestly just forgot about Trick or Treat, and I think the thing is, I think of it less as a movie I love and more as a movie that all my friends love and I can't tell if I really love it or if I feel like I have to because my friends love it so much. Really? You hate Trick or Treat? I hate it so much. <laughs> no, you don't. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and it, well, no, I don't. I like it. If you, had to, if you had to rate Trick or Treat, what would you give it? Like a seven or an eight. Jeez. Are you serious? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, that that low, seven or eight out of ten. <sighs> Fuck. It's a solid nine. Do you think Get Out's better than Trick or Treat? I enjoy it more. Woof. Hot take. Jeez. Eric, are you I still there? Yeah, I'm here. Taking it all in. I knew if you threw the CPAP on, I went to bed. Well. When I made my list, I tried not to be too influenced about, like, you know, what what's going to impress my friends. And <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're like, I got to go crazy. I'm going to put the dissent at number one. <laughs> I love the dissent. My list is pretty honest. Um, I mean, are I you know, saying our lists aren't honest? No, I'm saying... I had fucking Rob Zombie's really Halloween, Halloween 2 on my list. How much more honest could I get? How come if I say something about myself, it's an attack on you? Because it is. Hey, you both. I like that it turned out this way, even though, you know, I was a little afraid of judgment. Um, At least, you know, we all got to highlight movies that not everyone has. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's still everyone. Not everyone talks about. Like, you have. You both of you guys um, having Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead on your list, like I don't maybe they didn't strike a chord with me as much as they did with you guys. I I do like them for what they are, but I'm glad that you know you guys appreciate them so much and mention them. Yeah, I, I mean, and if anything, for for anybody that listens to this, if they're gonna hear like you know, us mention, you know, a movie they haven't seen, whether it be House of the Devil or The Descent or, you know, Stakeland, uh, and hear one of these movies, uh, you know, or Ginger Snaps or Late Phases or, or whatever, one of these films that aren't like these huge marquee films that came out in theaters and, you know, that aren't the cabin of the woods, you know, of the horror films of the last 21 years, if someone could hear this and then go check out some of those films, like that's like ideally, like that's the whole, that's how this whole horror world keeps spinning is just hearing about other horror films from other horror fans and going to check some of these out. So I can only hope that someone checks out some of these films that we've mentioned that aren't, uh, you know, the, the evil dead remakes or the Halloween 18s or, or, you know, the cabin in the woods of the world or the get outs of the world. And, you know, heard some of the more, uh, I don't want to say underground, but the more unheard of or less heard of titles from the last 21 years to check those out. Cause that's, what's going to keep, you know, people going back in, in 10 years when someone says, Oh, what about that fucking movie that came out 20 years ago called Stakeland? Let me go check that out. Like, you know, or, or let me go check out this movie, you know, called It Follows. I mean, It Follows is a little bigger, but it wasn't crazy big. Uh, you know, are they going to go check it out? And I'm going to go check it out again to see if my opinion will change from it being a piece of shit. But uh, maybe it will. Uh, but, you know, that that's going to be cool. Like, I, I would love – that's the only thing I would ever ask for from this podcast is if even one of our friends that have never seen, you know, because obviously we have a, I have a couple of close friends. Uh, we all uh, – either know or acquainted with that listen to this podcast that haven't seen one of those movies that checks it out and then you know their fandom grows for that and then that movie's legacy continues to grow 
No, for yeah, sure. Go, go, go see Tusk. <laughs> yes, go see Tusk. My my uh, Instagram username is in the end credits. Well, if if anything, I think we can all agree that uh, that horror is alive and well. In the last twenty one years, there's still movies that have coming out that have came out that are coming out that are still great, and there's plenty of horror out there. And plenty of horror the last 21 years uh, where we had some crossover, but we had a lot. We all had movies on our list that the other that other people didn't have on their list. So you got uh, you got probably 25 movies to all together that, you know, people probably aren't familiar with the the average, you know, moviegoer horror fan or, or just, you know, normal movie fan that isn't deep, deep, deep into horror. You know, there's probably four or five films on this of these 10, 20, 30, you know, probably 30 movies that we've mentioned uh, that they haven't seen. So uh, there's still good horror movies coming out. I think that's the underlying thing of the last 21 years. They're just uh, they're not as easy or accessible to find, uh, especially with, you know, people that just want to stream stuff. So, you know, if you're just streaming stuff on Netflix and you're seeing what they get. You might not stumble upon Stakeland or Late Phases, even though those movies do pop up there sometimes. Uh, so if you see them on your streaming device, or if you got a couple bucks in your pocket to go support the film itself, uh, or even just buy it to have it for yourself, buy it, you know, from a third fucking party, you know, for off eBay or or, or wherever at the thrift store, or the record store, and find, you know, the the It Follows, the Stakelands, the Bruisers, the the Diary of the Dead. So go check these movies out and keep them alive and keep your fandom, keep the fandom uh, roll, snowballing into because that's that's all it is. It takes you know years for some of these films that are relatively unknown to to get that snowball effect where they keep just picking up more people, aka picking up more snow and getting big bigger and the fandom builds for them. And uh, maybe in fifteen years we'll be talking about how some of these films that you know are are even bigger now. You know. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're crazy like us, you're you're gonna own you're gonna own the things that you love. Be, you know, the physical media is is a huge oh wild concept. You support and buy things that you like, and not just expect exactly. them for fucking free or expect them to be on your thing that you stream because it's ten dollars a month and you get what you get. You you know, if you like something, I'm a firm believer, and you hunt it out and you you hold it tight and you buy it to own it forever. Exactly. It goes a long way. So, well, all right, gentlemen, this has been uh, this has been pretty damn cool. These were great lists. Everyone had a great list. This was a great time, and we're gonna do more of this uh, hopefully soon. Maybe, maybe sooner than everyone thinks. But this has been the top ten of the last twenty-one years, two thousand and after. Top ten lists of us four. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at HeartGodMedia. The podcast is the Sight and Sound podcast, and uh, yeah, season five uh, rolls on. We got a pl- we got plenty and plenty and plenty to cover the next couple months, and uh, we got a little surprise for our four year celebration coming up Labor Day weekend. Stay tuned for that, and you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, hit us up on Instagram at HeartGuyMedia or Twitter at HeartGuyMedia. And uh, boys, it's been a pleasure as always uh, talking shop with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been sure. I live for it.